sideways. Good morning, Mrs. Abbott, nice as you please. Or, you're looking bright and cheerful today, Miss Whitson, but never a word about himself. Why, he'd been with us nearly two whole weeks before I even knew what his business was. Yes, he was a liquor salesman. Can you imagine it? A liquor salesman. But I never saw a sign of liquor in his room, not even a bottle of beer. If you ask me, I think a good stiff drink of anything stronger than water would have killed him. Well, I am telling you, I'm coming to that. For heaven's sake, don't rush me. The night you're asking about, the night he and poor Mr. Payne had their argument, I was playing Chinese checkers with Judith and Mrs. Bayliss. She's the lady across the street. We were playing in Judith's room and listening to some silly drama on the radio, and we heard Mr. Payne shouting. It's a funny thing, but we thought it was part of the radio play at first. But the man on the radio began talking about face powder, and of course Mr. Payne wasn't shouting about any face powder. So we listened, and I distinctly heard him say what I've told you. What's that? Well, if I must repeat it, I suppose I must. It doesn't seem to occur to you people that I'm a lady. What he said was, It's a filthy, rotten way to make a living, that's what it is, and you ought to be ashamed of yourself. It's very evident he was talking about Mr. Lee's job, because Mr. Payne was always dead set against liquor in any form. Why, I've even seen him throw away a whole bottle of expensive medicine because it contained alcohol. Yes, I suppose he was an eccentric sort of person, though that isn't exactly the word I would have used myself. He was with us almost five years, and I was almost used to his ways. But he was odd, there's no denying that. I beg your pardon? Well... For one thing, he used to be on the stage, and he was forever quoting Shakespeare and such nonsense. And another thing, Mr. Payne was awfully clever at imitating people. Why, he'd sit down by the radio and listen to some of those performers, and he'd take them off so smart you couldn't tell the difference. You absolutely couldn't tell. I beg your pardon, Captain. Unless I'm sadly mistaken, you asked me to tell this my way. What? Well, I am offended. I think I have every right to be offended. Well, all right. I was coming to that anyway. You see... There was bad feeling between Mr. Lee and Mr. Payne, and while we never did wholly understand it, I'm morally certain it was about the liquor. At any rate, Mr. Payne made some very cutting remarks about liquor in Mr. Lee's presence, and I think that was the cause of what finally happened. No, I wasn't at home when it happened. I've already told you I was across the street helping Mrs. Baylor shorten a dress. When I opened the door and walked in, there was Mr. Payne lying in the hall outside the door of Mr. Lee's room and Miss Whitson on the telephone calling you people. 
And I want to tell you people right here and now, I was never so frightened in all my life. You could see the man was dead. I mean, you could see the... the instrument sticking right out of him. Well, it was and it wasn't. I mean... Well, we used to have a nice old gentleman named Mr. Freelove who was retired from the Arnold Silver Company. He was a jewellery designer and he had all these tools up in his room and he used to make little brooches and pendants and things just as a hobby. It was about a year ago he died and his son came on from Ohio, I think it was, by plane to bury him. The son said he had no use for any of the man's things. Heaven knows they weren't worth anything anyway. So I took them. I kept the box of jewelry tools on the shelf in the kitchen. Once in a while I'd find a use for some of them, such as... What? Yes, he asked.